Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful Monday. We're live here on WYSL, which means that you, the listener, can give us a call. If you'd like, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000 if you'd like to participate in the show. Or, of course, you can leave your comments online because we're streaming on the Kevin Wilson Facebook page, the Kevin Wilson Twitter account, the Free Solution Facebook page, and the Free Solution YouTube channel. Any one of those, just look up a Free Solution. You should be able to find those pretty easily. Or, again, give us a call, 585-346-3000, if you're listening here on WYSL until 2 p.m. Got a few things to talk about today. We're, we, we're going to talk about uh, a new thing that came out, the Biden administration uh, invoking the Defense Production Act once again, twice within the last few months, uh, this time to address green energy. And we'll also talk about some more New York state legislation that came through recently as well. There is over a thousand bills that New York state passed in this legislative session. That's a lot of stuff. Most of it's innocuous, but it's a lot of stuff to be able to sort through. So we're still finding a handful of new things to be able to talk about, like stuff that didn't even get much attention on the news. The, the gun control stuff, we spent a lot of time on that, but there's a handful of other bills too, some some of which aren't bad, some of which are actually good things, I think, and some of which are not so great, Just just other ways to be able to control and regulate our actions uh, and so we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Uh, if there's something that I don't talk about, there's something that I missed, a bill that got passed in both those houses that you want to talk about, again, give us a call, 585-346-3000, and we will chat about it. Or if you're listening online, post those links in the comments. If you got the bill number in the description, even better. makes things much easier so we can talk about it on a level playing field. All right, but first I want to talk about the Biden administration's use of the Defense Production Act. Uh, and, you know, I, I put it in the description of this, you know, we're, we're entering the command and control economy. But it is a way that the modern presence, because this isn't exclusive to Biden, this is something Trump did, something Obama did. Uh, modern presidents try to seize control of the moment to push their agenda forward. It takes too long, they say, to... Uh, get through Congress or they get too impatient or this is the only way to do it. The only way to uh, make their agenda happen is through executive order. So the Biden administration is doing that once again with solar panels. And in half of what he did, actually, I, I like it. half of what he did, I, I will give him some credit for the other half, not so much. So he, he did two things in relation to trying to increase the number of solar panels available in the United States. Uh, the uh, there's there's more pressure on this with rising uh, prices for natural gas and oil that are related to energy production. Okay, you know, that's uh, understandable. That's a, a, a result in part from the crisis in Russia, but also a result of U.S. policy uh, that tries to 
reduce U.S. reliance. This is the positive spin. Reduce U.S. reliance on natural gas and oil consumption. Or if you you, you want to go to the other side of that, that makes it harder for domestic U.S. gas and oil production to happen by restricting the, the number of available wells is, is the accusation against them. But either way, the, the solar panel thing is a result of that is coming out from the Biden administration trying to shift people for better or worse to a politically acceptable source of green energy because we, we don't want to touch nuclear energy, of course. But, uh, but solar panels, wind, that's what the shift is towards. And so the first part of this, though, is he lifted tariffs on uh, importing – solar panels from certain countries, right? So uh, from uh, countries like Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam. Uh, now those can come in tariff-free. I think that's actually a great thing, mostly because I don't like tariffs at all. I think that they are just a way to limit us as consumers, our ability to be able to go get uh, goods and services that we need. And, you know, if I want to be able to, to buy solar panels from overseas, I should be able to do that. And I, I don't think I think it's corrupt to rig the economy in a way that ends up specifically benefiting well-connected American manufacturers. That's, that's cronyism. That's cronyism in a nutshell. And that that ends up with goods being more expensive for us, uh, allowing less access for everyday consumers to be able to to get that product on our house, on our land, whatever. Because, again, I, I have nothing inherently against solar panels. I think it's good. And especially if you want to develop off-the-grid living, if that's your thing, solar panels can be great. I think you should be able to buy them from wherever. And this expands the opportunity to do that, creates uh, more opportunities for at least folks from those countries to be able to, to – uh, send solar panels over here and and remove the tax that we would have to pay on those goods because all tariff is is a tax on us it it doesn 't really prevent you know it doesn 't really uh cost those manufacturers overseas anything it costs us money and it makes it harder for those companies to justify shipping stuff over here because of the tariff because it ends up becoming too artificially expensive because of u s policy I think we should eliminate more tariffs. We, have, we should have more free trade everywhere as much as possible. Uh, the, the other side of this, though, is that you know, the Biden administration is using the Defense Production Act to take a more active role in the solar industry. Uh, he's also done this recently with the uh, formula shortage. And again, this is something that the, the market, absent restrictions, could do because there are restrictions on suppliers for solar panels as well. You know, it's harder to get stuff from overseas. <laughs> uh, there, there are restrictions, some understandable and some not, on on uh, solar panel uh, production and the environmental regulations around those. And removing those barriers to allow American companies to succeed is far better than the U.S. government coming in, micromanaging these groups or or directing money their way. Because the Defense Production Act, in theory, is supposed to be something that is used in emergency situations and or situations where the defense of the country is on the line, right? Like, so we have a, a, a significant situation in which the government needs to seize manufacturing assets in order to uh, use those for like a war effort, right? Like that, that was the original idea behind this, which I, I can still have my own um, issues with that generally. But 
it's been used recently, the last few uh, years, as just a way of like, well, we can't force these companies to do immediately what we want, so we're going to just use the government to command them to do what we want and how we want it, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense in that moment. Um, and so, again, the Trump administration did this during the COVID pandemic. They wanted more uh, – you know, ventilators, they said it was essential to national defense. They used the Defense Production Act on that. Um, and then uh, used it, uh, and then the Biden administration used it for a few things. I guess they had used it. I didn't realize this one. They'd used it to um, uh, supplement uh, the supply of fire hoses for in response to, to, to wildfires that are happening last year. I didn't even realize that one had happened. And then the baby shortage formula thing. And, they, and what worries about me about this is that there are ways that the market can respond to these things. There are ways that we can do things. But people, again, politicians particularly, and, and the voters who support them see it as the only mechanism for solving problems is through the state. Even though there are companies who could this, there are markets available to solve these types of issues. And those markets are often limited by government policy. People start to see, well, the only way this will get done is if – the state seizes control of this. People said that about the vaccine stuff, too. Uh, that my, when I was running for Congress, uh, Congressman Morales said, well, we need to use the Defense Production Act on vaccines. But again, what if, what if they got the gamble wrong? What if they concentrated far too much into a single supplier of vaccines or a handful? It could have gone very wrong. When you have the robustness and duplicity of the market, when you have more options and many people working on different things, it's not a disadvantage. People think, oh, we need one central coordinated authority to solve these problems. No, that central coordinated authority doesn't necessarily have all the information. They don't necessarily have, uh, they don't necessarily have the best interests of the nation at heart. You can argue about that, but they don't necessarily have that. And they don't have the capacity to be able to anticipate some of the problems that can happen in the market and then have that, that again, that it's not duplicity sounds like a negative word, but, but the resilience of an entire industry working on a problem as compared to a handful of concentrated companies. That's the danger of this happening. That's the danger of what happened with the milk, uh, with the formula shortage. And we're doubling down on that problem by using the defense production act here by, by, by by instead of removing the barriers that created this in the process that that removing the barriers that made it so there was a concentration of industry where there's a single point of failure we're doubling down on well the state is the only one who can fix this that creates more fragility in our system because if we have that single point of failure for a market again solar panels i'm not against them i don't think it's the the only energy solution we should or ought to pursue but i'm not against them we're going to create more problems Again, I like the they're removing the tariffs thing. I don't like the Defense Production Act thing, and we're going to continue to see more and more of it. The Trump administration doing more uh, started doing that. The Biden administration is going to do it more, and you can bet whoever the next president is, Republican or Democrat, as soon as there's a problem with a particular industry, they're going to jump in and save the day. Use the Defense Produ- Defense Production Act, and we will jump in and save the day. Be our heroes, and just vote for them, and make sure you keep giving them more money. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on Free Solution. Appreciate y'all indulging me on the Defense Production Act uh, rant that I've gone on for this first segment. But keep listening. We're going to talk about those thousand bills that New York State has passed. 
We'll try to, to hit a few more of those. We've been doing this the last couple of weeks. Uh, again, give us a call if you want to participate in the show. 585-346-3000. We'll be back on a free solution in just a few minutes. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. injury attorney ads heard on your couch call 555 ouch it's kind of cute watching that injury attorney buying breakfast for a crash test dummy but while fun is fun there's nothing amusing about getting your life back together after a personal injury or a motorcycle accident or when you need defense for a dwi charge christopher johnson takes your case seriously and you'll feel like you're his only client because when you meet with him your case gets 100 of his attention so instead of cute singing jingles and magic phone numbers Fall out of a tree? Call 33333. Write this number down and keep it with you. 585-415-3803. 415-3803. After all, Christopher Johnson knows you're no dummy. Get individual attention and integrity, experience, and expertise. Put the power of one on your legal team. 415-3803. Stay safe, be healthy, drive sober. Christopher Johnson, attorney, personal injury, car or motorcycle accidents, DWI Defense. Western New York, ceiling and paving, installing new driveways and parking lots. Seal coating, too. Want a fresh new driveway or parking lot installed? Call 247-8466. For a limited time, get 0% financing for 18 months for qualified buyers. Serving Monroe, Livingston, and Ontario counties. WNYPave.com. Seal coating, paving, plus concrete sidewalks and patios. Call 247-8466 or visit WNYPave.com. Western New York, ceiling and paving. Make your asphalt great again. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us. Again, here live on WYSL to 2 p.m. Give us a call, 585-346-3000, or leave your comments wherever we're streaming online. The free solution pages, or the Kevin Wilson pages. Got one comment from... Uh, Brian on Facebook, he says, you know, what does manufacturing baby formula have to do with the defense of our country? I mean, the the straight answer is really not much. Um, you know, it, like the I'm sure that there's an explanation other than the fact that they use military aircraft to import formula uh to the United States from overseas. Uh and that that's it really. Again, it's not necessary for this. All they had to do we didn't need to use military aircraft. We didn't need to invoke the protect, uh, Defense Production Act to force, you know, uh, manufacturers of, of certain milk-based products uh, to to sell first to baby formula companies because that was never actually the problem to begin with. The problem was the the one Abbott factory getting shut down and the investigation getting prolonged. I think, you know, for for a while, 
because there's an accusation of a uh, uh, contamination coming from their formula, which wasn't necessarily proven, but the investigation continued to go on while supply shortages continued to get aggravated. Again, these are problems caused in part not just by that manufacturing company, but U.S. policy that doesn't allow for the import of formula and U.S. policy that makes it a lot easier for the concentration of that industry to be in a handful of places. And that's both on the regulatory side and on the buying side, since state governments through programs like WIC would only contract with a handful of places and they would kind of get not not quite a monopoly in the market because there's a couple players in there like a but but heavy control of the market. So it makes it harder for independent manufacturers to break in, meet those requirements, and then you can't get the overseas manufacturers to be able to import stuff. So it didn't need to be done. You know, the the the, the looseness of like defending the country uh and, and using this act is just well, it's it's whatever we need it for for whatever emergency that we choose. Um so great question, Brian. Appreciate it again. Leave your comments online or give us a call, five eight five three four six three thousand. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm, I'm going to move to, to New York State policy, uh, which you know I, I do want to throw again. The, in addition to the uh, this uh, thousand bills that got passed in New York State, uh, Governor uh, Kathy Hochul has also used uh, messages of necessity far more often. Other than Governor Cuomo used a little bit more in 2014, he used 17. She used 16 messages of necessity, uh, meaning that. Instead of having to wait three days to uh, between the first or a few days before reading the bill and being able to actually vote on it, you're able to accelerate that process. So she's using that more, and again, that's that's a continued expansion of executive power, um, and in something that is fundamentally undemocratic. In most cases, these aren't necessary to do. It's just that they want to they want to take advantage of the political momentum that they have oftentimes and and do that so i get why that exists in the first place but i I don't think that is uh the intended use there it's more it's more if you need to appropriate funds for an emergency situation that's what's supposed to be used for it but it got used for things like the safe act which is just it was to to again limit the scrutiny available to that bill so that I could get through quicker without its proponents getting as much feedback from the uh, pro self defense community. And again, that's, that's how it's unfortunately been used a number of other times as well. And, um, follow-up comment from Brian on Facebook too, says his point was that wasn't the intent of the defense production act. Again, Brian, I, I agree with talking about the, the baby formula shortage. No, that that's not what it was meant to be used for. And, we're going to continue to see more expansive uses of the Defense Production Act. I, I, I would count on it. From Democrats and Republicans, doesn't matter who ends up winning in a couple of years, I think it's, it's going to be something we're going to see more of because we have a political culture in which politicians are expected to do something, and you can't just sit back and like, hey, this industry is already well-positioned to address this issue, and we can remove X, Y, and Z barriers to facilitate that no that doesn't give them enough that doesn't give the politicians enough credit they have to be seen doing something so the defense production act it looks proactive it is quick you're able to do something immediately sitting back and removing barriers looks less exciting which again why why we're seeing that with the solar panel thing again to biden's credit he is removing some barriers in that case uh 
<laughs> but I'm going to continue criticizing him for using the Defense Production Act in, in, in other ways that I think are wholly inappropriate for the intent of this and also wholly inappropriate for a democratic republic that nominally supports some concept of free market that has given our country success. Concentrating that power in a command and control style economy in, in the executive branch, incredibly dangerous. And we've seen what sort of destruction that's wrought in socialist and communist countries who were overly reliant on those, those committees to be able to, to define production. We could be heading in that direction if people keep voting for politicians who want to look like they're doing something like Joe Biden. He's, he's gosh, he, he's one of the worst. Of them. I, I don't think his political instincts are wrong. I think he, he knows what he's doing. People want it. We just need to convince everyone else in this country that that's a bad idea. It's a terrible idea for being able to actually have a prosperous society. Anyway, so let's, let's continue to talk about New York state stuff though. The, uh, uh, all the bills there. Then there's a, there's an electronics bill that I want to talk about. There's a cannabis bill that I want to talk about, uh, and uh, I also want to talk about this story I came across briefly this morning too, where uh, the uh, the checks that we get every year if you're a homeowner, the uh, uh, property tax rebate stuff like the star checks, they're they're going to go out early this year, just before the primary. Funny how that happens. Now, I can't imagine that Kathy Ogle's actually all that worried about losing her primary, but it just feels so gross to me that the timing of, of when this t- sort of stuff happens, like, okay, so we're going to send this money to the state, and they're going to do what they're going to do with it, and they're going to send some of that back. And then it kind of feels like you're getting money, right? Like, you're, you're, you're not, but you're getting some of your own money back because, again, collected by... You know the, uh, the the local governments sent up to the state, etc. You're getting your own money back. The, the the state isn't doing you any favor here, not really. Uh, and to do that near elections, which is something that politicians do all the time. Again, not exclusive to Kathy Hochul. Uh, I, I felt that I felt a little bit like that with what Donald Trump was doing with the stimulus check, just a tiny bit. Just to, it was it was the like hey we're getting you're getting money from me no it's not from me you you took that from us and then gave us some of it back just bribing us with our own money just taking the wallet out of our own pocket and then handing us a twenty dollar we had in their back then we're supposed to thank them for it with their votes no that feels gross to me uh, so watch it not that I, no no one listening on this I'm sure no one listening on this station is gonna get fooled by that stuff you guys know. Just just point it out to your friends who are grateful for that. So like, oh, goodness, can you believe the government sent me this money? No, they, they took it from you in the first place. They stole it from us. You're not, they're not doing you a favor. Unless you didn't pay nothing in, then in that case, maybe I guess you're getting money. You're getting my money, your money. But besides that, gosh, just, just don't <laughs> figure out what it is. Figure out what's really happening here. Uh, but anyway, back to the, the actual bill parts, right? Uh, so... One of the ones I actually like, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be finding out what, what the heck got passed. Most of it is, uh, you know, renaming buildings, roads, you know, that, that sort of stuff, right? Like, it's a lot of that stuff, that 1,007 bills that then end up getting passed this legislative session. We'd possibly more on the way. Uh, but one of the ones that I liked 
was the uh, the right to repair bill. I think that's a, that's a cool one. Um, it, it requires for certain electronics products for repair shops and individuals to be able to access diagnostic uh, and repair information. So you're able to actually repair that stuff because a lot of what manufacturers do is they'll, they'll make it hard for people to actually see what's going on, see that diagnostic information unless you take it back to the the the, the original manufacturer and then they end up getting a monopoly on that repair process so they end up having like kind of a a gated thing and you can't have independent repair shops or or independent ways of being able to modify a piece of property that you own so i'll talk a little bit more about that i think that's a cool thing and and i like the direction that's going one of the few i'll I'll give a few good spots in new york state but then we're going to talk about some other stuff too maybe not so great uh, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Ken Wilson, your host today. Thanks again for joining us. It is a wonderful Monday afternoon. We're live until 2 p.m. Give us a call if you want to participate in the show. 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or leave your comment online on a Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, or the Kevin Wilson pages, Twitter account, etc. And the podcast, too. You can, you, I mean, you're listed out later. You can leave us a message from the podcast, though, or... Drop us some support there as well. If you like listening to the show, you can always drop us some support there too. You can help keep this show going. And leave us a message too. All right, so we're talking about some New York State bills. So the one I started talking about before the break, though, was the, the right to, uh, a right to repair bill. I think it's a great thing. And I, part of me is just like that, that the idea of like I, if I buy something, I should be able to kind of own that. I get that there's proprietary technology. It, but I, I should be able to, to to fix things if I want to, and then furthering that direction is a good thing. Uh, the, you should be able to. It, it creates more opportunities for independent businesses to be able to uh, to explore and repair products, and and then you, you don't have that monopoly where, where you can you can end up with I think consumer abuse if if you have to go through the original manufacturer for everything. Now I get the the manufacturers want to. You know, either certify the repair folks or or void the warranty if you have certain repair folks. But again, if it's my stuff, I should be able to do with it what I want. This is a thing. It's it's. There's so many things that that end up falling under this uh, camp. You know, again, this is expands some consumer electronic stuff, but also it does not include medical devices, home appliances, uh, agricultural equipment, which is a big thing. You know, there's uh, you know maybe I'll have to to do a show with, with Tim on this one, but there's. People who want to be able to just like fix their tractor, but like if they they mess with anything on the computer, can destroy or void the warranty on their equipment. Uh, so there's a bunch of stuff that isn't included in this, but this is a step in the right direction. So I'm happy to see that. All right, so let's go with uh, one of the other bills that I'm less happy about, which is that the the state is cracking down on illegal cannabis sales. Now you think, okay, well. Aren't they legalizing that? Or isn't it now possible to go and sell? No, 
No, you remember, you can only sell things with the state's permission. If you were an individual entrepreneur who was, uh, you know, maybe selling some uh, cannabis products on the side and you weren't collecting taxes for the state, you don't have permission to do that. Now, some, I guess, uh, outlets were doing this thing where they might give you marijuana in exchange for something that wasn't money, right? It could be membership. It could be, you know, T-shirts, stuff like that. Uh, state's cracking down on that stuff. Again, people had found creative ways of getting around being able to sell these products if they wanted to, not so much without state permission, but while they continued to wait for the bureaucratic process to grind forward to get the state's approval for this stuff. The state is unhappy that they're not getting that cut of that. Again, that's that's all this is. The, the state is, they want their cut of the money. And if you are excluding them from that, they're going to come down on you. You could say that with anything. Even legal products, again, as cannabis becomes legal, alcohol products, that's a big thing. The the ATF stands for alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. What do you, what do you think they do? They go after alcohol still. It's, it's still a, a big black market business where people make alcohol that's not approved by the government, and they sell it tax-free, and the government wants their cut. I'll get this other comment from Brian on Facebook, too. Great comments today, Brian. says, a license with the government takes a right from you and then sells it back to you. Oh, man, that's that that's exactly it. That's what it is. You know, you, you, <laughs> you might have some inherent right to do something, but the, the government is saying, no, no, you can't do this now unless you buy that right back from me. Usually, most of the time, there's not even a, a, a pretext of, like, safety or quality control. Like, every once in a while, there's, that's, that's the reason for, like, a license existing, right? You could make an argument that driving's like that. But, but a lot of this stuff, a lot of the business license stuff, it does two things. One is, again, to sell that right back to you. It's a, a revenue generation source. And two, it's to be able to threaten you if you ever get out of line. I mean, that was – I've talked about this, uh, like – a while ago back, I think I haven't talked about it since uh, the Radio Free New York days, how the expansion of business licenses in Rochester was to do exactly that, is that you operate at us, the government's dis- discretion, and if you stand, step out of line, if you create problems, we will take away that right to operate. That's, that's the wh- whole reason that it exists. Is we can just say, well, we don't like you anymore. You're breaking the rules, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're taking away your business license. It's just a means of being able to control businesses. So libertarians kind of knew this was going to happen, right? Like for, for kind of the uh, – there's folks who, who who even said, well, we don't want to legalize. Maybe we want to decriminalize this stuff because then it's just well, people are able to do their own thing and you know they're not going to be facing punishment from the state – uh, for selling this product, but then they don't have to go and buy that right to sell that product from the state. They don't have to pay their taxes. They don't have to. I mean, you you still always have to pay your taxes. But fun fun fact: even if you're doing illegal activity, you're sp- still supposed to pay your taxes. Like <laughs> section uh, in the uh, in in tax filings that you do, you can claim you know illegal income and pay your taxes on that income from illicit activities. So you'd still have to pay your taxes technically, but you know, the state wants to collect their sales taxes and other fees. They're proposing that on the local level too, where they want to add additional fees to do whatever with. Um, and again, you have to jump through all these loop, uh, hoops. Uh, some some places are going to be limiting the number of licenses for sale available. 
And the worry is the thing that we're going to have to watch for, because it seems to always happen in this case. I, I, I think you could make a good argument in at least some places that the, the medical marijuana industry ended up going this way, that the competition ended up being limited to folks who are politically connected. So I was thinking when you limit the number of sale, sellers that are available in any given market, and the, people come up with all sorts of reasons for this. They're like, well, we don't need it, or what if uh, the market's flooded, or what if we let in bad actors, blah, blah, blah. It's just a way of being able to sell that license at a premium, to sell it to people who are politically connected or beneficial to you in some way. That's, every time I see that, that that's, that's really the excuse. Every time the government says, no, no, we have to limit competition for this and limit the number of licenses for this, that's all it is. It's a way to, to, to be able to, to limit and sell access to something that they can give out. Um, and, yeah, and uh, get another comment. Brian says, you know, they use the threat of taking your business license to enforce the COVID-19 mandates. Yeah, that's part of it. Again, that, that's exactly what it is. It's about forcing compliance. Um, that's, that's the goal. That, that's often the purchase. Uh, the purpose of business licenses, it's not about consumer safety. It's about having a way to punish and destroy a business when they get out of line. For better or worse, you know, again, whether you agreed with those mandates or not, that's what it's for. So as soon as your city, your county, your state, whatever, agrees to licenses for anything, just know that that's what you're signing up for. That the next regime that's in, the next <laughs> a group of people who takes over the government can then use that as as a uh, a stick to keep people in line, whatever it is. It could be for good purposes. could be for bad purposes. You don't know. That's so I always tell folks, don't give the state power that you wouldn't want to have your worst enemy to have because you're, you're not always going to be in control of that thing. You're not always going to be the one to set the limitation, the boundaries, or the use of that power. We see that with the Defense Production Act. We talked about earlier. Just because it was intended to be able to take uh, manufacturing assets in specific wartime emergencies to provide supplies for a defense effort does not mean that that's how it's always going to be used. So we have this power in place that then people like the Biden administration can use to just look good politically while also failing to solve the fundamental issues that they're looking to solve. <coughs> so, again, with uh, I'd love to hear from other folks, too. Again, if, if there's other bills, there's so many to talk about, right? I think I uh, I, I talked about the, the body armor bill or the, the new body armor law on our Thursday show that, that is just online only, but... We'll talk about that too. But if if you guys have any other bills that got passed, stuff that's that's fallen under the radar a little bit, and we talked about a lot of the uh, the gun control bills on the show. Now we've talked about the, this cannabis bill. We've talked about uh, the digital right to repair bill. I want to talk about a broadband bill next as well. If there's anything else that I'm missing here, uh, give us a call five eight five three four six three thousand five eight five three four six three thousand and or leave your comments online. Again, I want to be able to, to cover all this stuff because I always suspect, again, whenever I see such a large number of bills passed, a thousand bills passed, I'm like, there is 
something hidden in there. There's something in there that we're going to find out about a little bit that the mainstream media isn't coming. But, but because, you know, we're, we're an independent show here on WYSL, we, we can talk about this stuff. We're not limited to what the mainstream media is talking about. We're able to, to, to dig through and figure out where, where the garbage is, where, where the bills that maybe flew under the radar that do threaten our liberty, that do make things harder for businesses, that make it harder for us to, to have a free and thriving economy in New York State. It gets buried in this deluge of stuff. It gets buried in the the the, the big uh, overarching conversations about issues like gun control, which is important. We do need to talk about that, but it means it's an opportunity for other stuff to slip under the radar, and we don't want to let that happen. So again, give us a call if you want to participate. You have any other bills that that we should be talking about that we ought to be talking about here on the Free Solution five eight five three four six three thousand. That's five eight five three four six three thousand, or leave your comment online. And when we come back uh, again, I'll talk about the the body armor bill because I think I only talked about it on Thursday. We're going to talk about the uh, uh, this this broadband bill that I think it's good one one of the few good things. Uh, and and then we'll talk about a handful of other bills that are coming up too. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what else is out there. That's always uh, that's always my concern. And uh, and yeah. And then maybe after that, we'll we'll talk about a couple more uh, national issues as well. All right. We'll be back in just a few minutes here on a free solution. Talk to you soon. WISL store is now open with nicer weather. Your car needs an official Voice of Liberty bumper sticker. There's a great selection to help you show your love of God, the Constitution, and free and safe schools. Here are just a few available. Shut up, Fauci. Kathy Hokum. Save America. Support the Second Amendment. Scam alert January 6th. God, please help us. Close the Mexican border. Save America. Stop voting for Democrats. And there are gas pump stickers reading, Democrats did this. These are standard weather-resistant bumper stickers Guaranteed to get you horn honks and thumbs up in traffic. Choose from other locally made WISL Voice of Liberty merch too, like tees, hoodies, drinkware, and more. Perfect gifts for any Liberty lover. Check out the exclusive WISL Mount Worstmore shirts, hoodies, and coffee mugs depicting our four worst presidents. Guess who's front and center? Shop at WISL store at WISL1040.com. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals but don't take my word for it they've won the best in rochester eight years in a row and have an a-plus better business bureau rating if your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals give the professionals at simple tech innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182 that's 585-200-3182 simple tech innovations 
There's a place in the village of Avon you and your critters will love. Whether they're big or small, whether they've got hair, fur, or feathers, Avon Feed fits every need. There's a full selection of pet foods, bird feeders, and wild bird food, plus garden tools, quality grass seed, and a great selection of dry-shod boots. Buy 10 bags of quality wild bird food, get the next bag free. Choose farm feeds and great equine products from Poland Grains. Find everything for your pet from feeding bowls to toys, leads, collars, beds, crates, and tie-outs. Avon Feed and Supply has what the big pet chain stores will never have. Tim Cole and his great knowledgeable staff. Choose from premium local products like Firefly, Dairy, Goat, Soaps, and Lotions. While you're at Avon Feed, don't forget your two-legged pets with River at Thousand Island Cheese and great flavors, including the new 12-year-old cheddar, plus Chef James Bourbon Meat Sauce, once again nut butters and Nunday mustards. Open weekdays 9 to 6, Saturday 9 to 4, Avon Feed and Supply. West Main Street at the bottom of the hill, just west of the circle. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, we're live here until p.m. Until 2 p.m. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We're talking about some of the other bills that happened in New York State. And, you know, if you're listening on the radio and you're wondering what, what, what cannabis bill I'm talking about, it is the, the bill number is S... Let's see. S9452. That's the the bill number if you want to look that up later and again it's it's just a crackdown on manufacturers that are getting a little bit out of line because the state wants their cuts of whatever transactions are taking place it's just a way of of, of going after folks who are, are stepping out of line and aren't aren't paying the state what they're looking for um and, and I, I realized i talked about this bill on my thursday show and i never really got to it last week for for the radio show which is the body armor bill which it absolutely kills me and it, and we what it does is it makes it illegal for for New York state residents to be able to buy body armor it makes it illegal for people like you and me unless you're in an approved profession to do something that just protects you remember body armor can't hurt anyone in and of itself it, it doesn't even necessarily prevent you from, you know, getting knocked over if you're hit with certain types of body armor, too. It will still knock the wind out of you. But there's a local senator, Sam, Sam Brook, who is part of this uh, and and voted It was the orig- one of the original co-sponsors of this bill. Um, so she's my senator, my uh, New York state senator. So fortunately, she's uh, not, not, not even just, again, I, I, I don't agree with, but I can at least kind of grok the arguments uh, for gun control because it is a weapon used to hurt people. Again, I don't agree with that, but I can at least get that. I can argue against that uh, from a rational point of view. This one, though, again, the body armor doesn't shoot people with that. You don't, you don't hurt people with body armor. It is a defensive mechanism. And there are lots of folks who may have a need for body armor that the state isn't thinking of, either they live in a dangerous place or they have a dangerous profession that's not on the approved list. Apparently, uh, a lot of uh, EMS workers aren't going to be able to, to get body armor. Maybe they'll fix that part in the future. But you might want that stuff. Or you might be in, in certain security professions that are excluded from this bill. You might want the ability to protect yourself. This does nothing to keep us safer. Absolutely nothing. It just turns New Yorkers who are trying to, to, to be able to, to, to buy equipment that protects you. If you are struck uh, by a bullet, it, it, it turns you into a criminal. 
That's all it does. And I can't see any moral justification for that. Again, I don't agree with, but I can at least get to, on an intellectual level the gun control stuff. It's bad, but I get it. This doesn't do that. This is just pure ignorance parading as uh, doing something about the gun problem because, oh, the, the one of the shooters, you know, had, had uh, that like the guy in Texas had body armor on. That's why the cops couldn't take is not why police officers couldn't take him down. It has nothing to do with it. It's just, just pure ignorance masquerading as political virtue signaling. And this this one this one kind of infuriates me. I, I do not like this this bill. Um I guess I went on about this on my Thursday show again. Tim Tim and I sometimes will do a kind of bonus show on Thursdays now online only, but and we'll put it out as a podcast as well. And we end up uh we end up talking about this one for a while, uh, but that that bill, if you're interested in seeing that, and it, it ended up passing with I think some Republican support too, as well. And that's Senate Bill nine four zero seven B. Again, makes makes it illegal for you to be able to to buy uh, a pr- protective vest uh, unless you are in certain professions turns you into it's a uh, misdemeanor for the first one and a classy felony for any other for, for both selling and uh, possessing a vest. So yeah, that is what I can't, I can't, I can't get this one. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why anyone would support that. And, and anyone who uh, to me, anyone who supported this, on, on either side of the aisle, like, deserves our scorn, Democrat or Republican. So I don't have high hopes for Republicans on, on gun control stuff. Sorry. Just, the, the history of the party isn't always there either. Uh, so what, one other bit, again, I'll make sure I mention a positive now. Every once in a while, I'll say some, some positive stuff goes on, right? And, and we, should, we should talk about that too, and we should reinforce that stuff. There are people who do try to do good work to make things less terrible marginally, you know, slightly undo the problems that the state created. My goal is, my, my hope is that talking about this stuff and supporting politicians who do support this stuff uh, will, will lead to more of it. I don't know, that's probably a little too optimistic, but that, that's, that's my hope. I, let, me, let me hold on to this naive hope of mine. But there, there's, there's another bill that's, that's interesting, is that uh, the, the Senate passed this bill to remove some barriers to rural broadband uh, deployment, uh, which is that there used to be this, this requirement for certain types of broadband deployment contracts of the state to, to resurvey existing utility poles. And, and apparently this is something that was costing like a lot of money, several thousand dollars a month for, for all this stuff. And again, this is, this is a small thing, but one would hope that reasonable folks in the bureaucracy of our government at the executive level, at the Senate level, at the assembly level, at every level of government can look at stuff and say, why are we doing this unnecessary duplicative process when we could just share information more effectively and no longer have this costly thing to make an important service more expensive folks because inherently building broadband in rural communities is expensive right it's much more expensive than it is building in a place like rochester where 
in theory, that investment's going to pay off much more quickly because you're going to be able to, to build that uh, for a certain, you know, length, a certain, you know, area, and you'll have more customers in that area do that. Whereas in rural communities, you're going to have to build a lot more miles, a lot more feet of, uh, of uh, you know, cable in order to, to get the same number of customers. Right, because folks spread out. You can you can apply that to any sort of infrastructure. So finding ways to reduce that cost, great. Because if you live in a rural community, it'd be great to to be able to to get that stuff. Uh, it's prohibitively expensive inherently, just because of the, of the nature of what needs to actually get built. And so removing those things would be great. You know, I'd love to see that in other places too. Again, I, this is more something I, I'm sure someone like Larry could speak to on on Tuesday's show. But like, why does it cost so much? to build like public transit in the city. Why is the per mile cost of the MTA, which, you know, we as the state, even though we're not directly benefiting of it, what, why is the per mile cost for that so much higher than other places, other dense cities? It's not just because New York city is, is, is dense and, and heavily populated and there's, there's complicated property issues. It's not just that because places like Paris managed to build it at a fraction of the cost uh, per mile of new public track that we do. So looking at that stuff and looking and say, well, why the heck in New York state is it so expensive? And in, in other states with, with heavy regulatory burdens, with, with, uh, with a lot of conflict with, with unions and contracts, expensive hiring practices, why is it inherently, why is it, it is not inherently more expensive. Why is it more expensive here than it is in so many other places? And, and hopefully that like that, conversation that that can trigger like it doesn't have to be this way there's nothing fixed about how expensive unusually expensive it is to do things here in new york and that we can have bills like this that seem to at least remove that one barrier to an expensive process and make things a little bit easier that's my hope reasonable folks out there at least for just the sake of saving money can can do a little bit of that and not just give in to the, the status quo or the corruption of giving contracts to folks that are more expensive. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Be back tomorrow with Larry Sharp, and I'll be back on Wednesday. Talk to you then.